Welcome to this week's episode of Birthright Living Legacy Podcast, where we share the stories of fatherhood and their effects because there is no manual. We are here to learn from each other as we build our fatherhood playbook. Now welcome your host, Marquise and Crystal Dennis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today excited. Uh, we, you know, we don't have the light-skinned wonder today. My, uh, my wife is at work. Uh, we get to do a special impromptu kind of a, a guest that we get to have today. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from the north side of Tulsa, the one, the only, the Tulsa Dream Center Recreation Coordinator. Ladies and gentlemen, the 100 Black Men Vice President and Chair of two schools and now running nine schools. He's the curriculum chair for the 100 Black Men. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him. We love him as Larry Harris. Oh. Oh, man, that's what I'm talking about. So, Larry Harris, so glad to have you in the studios at Birthright Living Legacy, brother. How are you? Hey, man, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Listen, it's truly a pleasure, man. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to have you here. I know that there's a lot of things that you do in life and in the community, uh, but we wanted to come here and just really capture uh, some of the story that you have to offer as far as, you know, um, you know, being a son as well as being a father and being a father to those that are the fatherless. You know, uh, we want to be able to get that perspective to learn truly what it's like to be able to do so. So in Birthright Living Legacy fashion, our first question is, what was your favorite part about being your father's son? OK, first of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And then I want to go further to. At that question, uh, I have very vivid pictures of my dad at about five, four or five years old, taking me up and down Greenwood with him when he would go in them shacks. I'm the youngest of 10 boys, two sisters. We all had the same mother and the same father. Mm. Uh, nine boys, then two girls, then me. And because I'm the biggest and blackest, they used to always say I was adopted. <laughs> my mother never turned down a kid she didn't like. Uh, my mother ended up raising her sister's kids. My sister, my auntie died through domestic violence from oh, her no. husband. Yeah, yeah, uh, back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And my mother raised her kids and her kid, kids. Mm-hmm. So my mother raised not only the uh, her, her sister's kids, she raised the kids' kids. Uh, uh, growing up, like I say, my dad was a rolling stone. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think uh, Temptations knew my family because Papa was a rolling stone. <laughs> Hit about every corner, bro. I'm not lying. Yeah. I mean, wherever he laid his hat was his home. When he died, Papa always rode around carrying a book, a Bible. Uh, yeah, yeah, claiming he no God. But hitting everything around him, you know. Wow. So did you have any outside brothers and sisters? Uh, outside. Well, no, uh, yeah, outside in the end. Okay. In the end, we're at the frontal in 1972. Uh, it was two kids on the end of the bench. And I'm like, who are they? Oh, that's your brother and sister. My mother said, I'm saying, what? Oh, that's your other brother and sister. And they were around me and my sister's age, you know. Wow. I'm 59. to be 60 years old in April. I'm like, Wow. You know, I think he, my the brother was about a year younger than me, and the girl was probably a year older than me. So mm. my dad was getting it in. Yeah. 
that's not a good thing. Right. But he did do good with us. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He raised my brothers very well. Okay. And he worked hard. So, so give me a give me a, a picture of what that's like. Because when you say ten kids or twelve kids, like um, for most of us, we don't have a clue what that looks like. So, what's like, you, start start with the age difference first. Okay, uh, we'll start with my oldest brother right now. That's a lot. I only got one brother left alive, mm-hmm. and eight of them is dead, and all of them military. So we start out. My brother alive is uh, seventy eight, and he's the third oldest. So I got two brothers. That's older than him. One of them, uh, the daddy's namesake, he is, his name was Herman Vernon. He would have been right now 81 years old. Oh, wow. So he's about 20 years older. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I got a brother, uh, uh, Winford Aaron. Uh, he would be 80. Oh, wow. And he died in uh, age of Agent Orange in 1976. Wow. Uh, all my brothers... I got six brothers from Vietnam counted at the same time, which was uncalled, unheard of. But we back in the 60s and 70s, when you finished high school, you either going to college or you going to Army. Mm-hmm. And they was drafting back there. Right. My brothers wanted to go to the service. They helped my mother. See, we slept five on a couch. A couch, not a bed. <laughs> we wow. slept five on a mattress. Was it a couch bed or just a couch? <laughs> yeah, it lets out. Oh, okay, okay. It lets out. But, you know, it was like a mattress. But don't get me wrong. Great home training. Mm-hmm. My mother worked 12 hours a day. I used to wonder how she did it. Mm-hmm. She worked at the Petroleum Club. Started out as a pantry cook, and next thing you know, she was one of the chefs down there. So what did your dad do? Uh, my dad worked for Oklahoma Steel. Really? Uh, yeah, in the day. In the where evening, was it? Hustler. It was uh, back then. It was down off Greenwood. Is that where the uh, yeah, the, the, the project off, is going on right now? No, no, no. It's uh, off uh, Lewis over there. Still, it's uh, still right before you get to oh. cross from Job Corps. I know exactly. What yeah, you're yeah. It about. was still around back then. Wow. My dad worked there, but uh, you know, he still rode. He he gambled and everything at night mm-hmm. and po' boy hustling back then. You know. Greenwood, they said, was the bomb back in, in the 50s and 60s. And my dad was a part of it. I know he played good dominoes because <laughs> he used to pack me with him at 4 5. And, and uh, they used to call me Little Domino. Nice. Yeah, I got a nice domino game still I don't this day. It. Yeah, you it. yet to meet listen, me. Listen, I that. got listen. I got custom sets. I got yeah, regular I got, sets. I got, I got two in my office right now. Tell me how many boxes on the dots? I be asking you the same question. He's talking about I put the spots in the dots on yeah, there. Sir. It's all good though. Adam Foster, his daddy told me <laughs> back when I was twelve years old. He he told me the mindset of it, and never let nobody know what you're thinking with your hand. Yeah. So sometimes you got to play different. I might have four fives in my hand. But I ain't going to lead out with a five. I want you to bring a five. So now I got four left. It's only one in the deck. See what I'm saying? It's only seven in a set. Now I can shot you some game. Yeah. Now you the charge for that. I love it. I love it. So what was it like, uh, you know, being the youngest, um, you know, having a dad with so many responsibilities and children and habits? Did you see uh, a good amount of him? Did you feel like you guys spent a lot of time together? No. No? No. Not enough, but just you didn't. He died. I was uh, seven when he died. Oh, wow. He was four when he left the house. Okay. So, so I'm sparingly when he wanted to see see mm. me. But now, again, remember, 
back in the day, the community raised the family. Mm-hmm. And plus what was in our house. I'm one of them yes, sir, no, sir kids. Anybody that know me, we always said yes, sir, no, sir. Mm-hmm. We always we got those old values. You opening the door for a lady, you know, you walk in the room, you always speak, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just certain things we had back in the day. We, it, it came natural. Yeah. And that brings me to what I do now. Well, that was, you know, that, that that's one of the things that we talk about all the time is culture. Yeah. You know, they always say, you know, you guys didn't have a culture. And it's like, yeah, we actually did. We just lost it over time. Yeah, yeah well, I seen it coming up through my sisters, not necessarily my brothers, because all my brothers were military brats. So all my brothers did 20 and 30 years military. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, okay, let me go through that with you. I got three brothers that served over 30 years. I got a brother that was a forensic doctor, a dentist. Mm-hmm. He was able to tell who you was through your teeth. Uh, uh, his, his name was Herm, uh, was his name was Melvin Bernard. He came out in 71, Booger T, went straight to the service. He fought in Vietnam, Kuwait, and Kuwait. Uh, uh, was his last war he fought in. I think that was in either 85, something like that, 84. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, the one that's left alive. His name is Herman. Is Herbert Harris. Mm-hmm. He was a spec four. He got a purple heart. He was shot out of a plane oh, wow. in Vietnam. He still got a bullet lodged in him. And, uh, didn't you didn't lose any any uh, family members over there? Uh, Except not for that, you got that Agent the Orange. The one that after. died in Agent Orange in '76 was mm-hmm. already out. Uh, he was sick and dying. Um, uh, to my understanding, Agent Orange was like cancer. You know, it, it affects you. It affects their lungs and their breathing apparatus area. You know, I I actually have one of my mentors. He's uh on a picture in the in the other room. He uh, is suffering from that right now. Right. Some exposure. He was a, a high ranking officer, and it didn't kick in until two years ago. Wow. Yeah, so he was fine up until two years so ago. he was in very good shape. And then he got cancer yeah. out of nowhere, and it came very aggressive. So yeah. I understand what that's like yeah. to uh, to lose. Now, now, Larry, do you have any children yourself? Uh, no. That's a deep question, and I'm going to answer this. I was a fool. Mm-hmm. In 1985, I paid for an abortion mm. my senior year in college. Wow. Uh, I thought I was going to the league. I did end up going to play basketball, making a little money. But I thought that I'd be, I don't know what my mindset was, but I knew I would be traveling. Mm-hmm. And I paid for one uh, my senior year in college, for, right as I was graduating. <clears throat> and then in 1989, I did the same dumb thing. If I could do it all over again, Especially the way the Lord have done me now mm-hmm. to work with so many kids. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Now, now I'm raising. I I love that you you have gone there. Yeah, because you know with this podcast, um, we are an organization that celebrates and supports fathers. Right. And there's not a lot of things that we you know don't get an opportunity to talk about, but we have not yet gotten to talk about the opportunity of what that process is like for a it father. Is, it is crazy to me, Marquise. Uh, hindsight, would I have done it now, looking back on how the Lord brought me through? Mm-hmm. But I guess it was meant, it was my path. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't look back at that time. 
mm-hmm. and didn't see the full effect, right. not just on my life, but on the woman's life. Right. You know, because both women told me I either got to marry them or they couldn't have a baby mm-hmm. for various reasons. One of them was a health thing. She was scared that if she had the baby, that something could happen to her health-wise and mm-hmm. she not live because she had had a miscarriage before. And the other young lady, uh, she came from a real hard-to-do family with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that was unheard of to bring a baby up without being married. So give me a little bit of the scene. This is, you said 81 or 89? 85 and 89. So 85, is that the well-to-do? Uh, yes. So, okay, 1985, Larry Harris is uh, in college. That's you know, State averaging like... Somewhere at 17 points a game, 9, 10 rebounds. So you you um, you the man on campus, right? Yes, yes, I So was. now when you're in the – just walk me through, you know, kind of the mindset that you were in when – was it an easy decision to make? Was it a hard decision? Um, it was really a hard decision because in my mother's house it was unheard of. Mm-hmm. My mother don't play that. And I don't even know if I told my mother till later. Mm-hmm. And it had to happen so quickly. You know, it wasn't nothing I could ponder on alone at the time because I was graduating also and I was going over to play basketball, mm-hmm. uh, Puerto Rico to play basketball. And I just, you know, if you don't marry me, I can't have this baby because of, you know, my upbringing. And I couldn't argue with that. And I was there. Mm-hmm. I paid for it out of my pocket, which I thought was a sudden to glorify later. Yeah. Because, hey, I paid for it. I bought You the, thought it was the I admirable the thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was admirable, mm-hmm. but it was wrong. Yeah. If I did it all over again, no, I wouldn't have done it. Well, I mean, you know, we can't speak for that. But there's some young men, uh, myself included, that have actually been through that, you yeah. know. Uh, but but we never get to talk about the effects of what it really does to a man and how uh, those things affect him. Uh, and so, as you're playing basketball, did it? Did you ever like feel any mourning for it? Yeah, uh, but the biggest mourning I felt was for the two ladies mm-hmm. after I became a fool. Uh, you know, I gave myself to Christ uh, all my life, but a lot of times I backslid. Mm-hmm. But like in '85, uh, I'm praying and I'm I'm asking God to bless my hoop game, bless me my future and all that. And at the same time, you know, I just pay for an abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, God says we should not, thou should not kill. So it was deep with me. It was deep with me. And the thought of what I did, and then the woman hurting her. <coughs> I was raised very very strong about women, mm-hmm. you know, don't cuss them, don't hit them, don't touch them, don't harm them, you know, mm-hmm. always respect them. That came out of my mother's house because I got two sisters. One of them is two years older than me and the other is three years older than me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just something we just didn't do. Yeah. I'm Like I said, I'm 59 years old. A lot of men could, could not say this. I ain't never hit a woman. Yeah. I ain't never hit a woman. I've been hit, yeah, but I ain't never draw back, yeah, to hit back, yeah, you know, yeah. And I'm proud to say that, yeah. 
But at the same time, when I but I'm you've had your own version of abuse of women, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. my <laughs> I mean, version, mine and, was stupid. I mean, but uh, you know, and I and I only I only bring that up because you know there's sometimes you know in a young man's life where they 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 get to stand on that kind of thing where there's like you know I've never done this. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, but. You but also was, did all of this. Yeah, boy, I was, <laughs> make me mad. She made me mad. I'm gonna take yeah. off. And Might be gone two, three days. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I, 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 one of my favorite quotes from you is, you know, I used to walk on four legs for a long time. Yeah. yeah so yeah. for for those that don't understand that term, what does that mean? I was a whore. <laughs> I was a dog. If you know a dog, when a dog smells a scent, he goes straight out the oh. when he smells a scent. I did that. I love it. I, I love did it. that. You know, so yeah. So as a basketball player, you know, very confident. Uh, you what are you six five six 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 five and a half six five and a half six six. Yeah. You know, uh, rebounder, three point shooter, man right. on campus. Right. Uh, you know, it's 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 funny because seeing you at fifty nine, it's you still you know believe that you're twenty five and you can do yeah, it. Yeah, I be trying to do, <laughs> be trying to do too much. <laughs> he be trying to do that. too much. I be trying to do too much. It's funny. You know, I don't like saying nobody outdo me, outwork me. Yeah. You know, when we do our adoptive block, you see how I'm out there trying to throw couches. Yeah, you're supposed to be sitting yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, I ain't going to never. <laughs> Lord, Lord willing, I won't sit down until I lay down. Yeah. You know? So going back to, because, you know, like I said, this is a very deep subject. I mean, like I said, even myself, you know, when I got my first son, um, you know, when the, the mom was pregnant, you know, she kept asking to get an abortion right. but because of my faith right i was like no i don't believe in that no i can't right. but when the second one came i was like hey so what you gonna do <laughs> you know uh and and at no point did i ever realize that hey marquise you know you should probably not keep doing the thing that's getting people pregnant right, right. and so i ended up um i ended up having the second uh which was my daughter and then there was a third young lady. She said, I'm going. Right. You can come or you cannot, but I'm going right. to have an right. abortion. You don't have an option. And I said, well, if that's the case, then I might as well, you know, try to support you in it. Right. Um, and it was kind of a mixed emotion because I was kind of like relieved in a sense, but it was like, we're killing a baby here. Like, you know what I mean? Can like, I it tell was you a, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> I got a nephew. He passed away from COVID. He's married to my niece, my great, my niece. Her husband just passed a few, about five, six months ago. You know, me and my wife moved to Texas for 10 years. And he was a big playboy, play, play a lot, mm -hmm. big kid. And I was getting phone calls. Female, I got your son down here. It's time for you to take care of him. You need to take care of your son. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring him to you. He's 14. He's son. And I really, I, part of me was hoping I had one. But oh. I knew I couldn't picture it, you know, because the timing was all wrong. Right. You know, I was a virgin till I was 18. Oh, I wow. Have, I didn't have sex till I was 18. I grew six inches in college. Mm -hmm. I was six foot one at East Central my senior year in high school. Square, big, black kid. Well, I wasn't big. I was kind of always healthy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I go off in college and... Next thing you know, I'm kind of like, I ain't going to say a star because I was in a country town. So I was a star because everybody in that town knew me. Mm -hmm. So I started getting what I wanted. And that's when I started walking on four legs. Mm. You know, I want, I want chicken tonight. 
I won't be my. So let me ask you this pivotal question. So as you are growing six feet, you know, the six inches, and you started to realize, okay, I'm the man and I can have what I want. Did that have anything to do with you losing your dad at, at seven? Did you feel robbed and that now um, now you're having to fulfill that, that space with something? No, what it was, Marquise, is because I wanted a girlfriend when I was young. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I was black and dark-skinned at one end, and <laughs> I, uh, I didn't get to, I mean, I'm, I was cutting yards all the time. I, mm-hmm. remember, I remember cutting yards at 12, 13 to get this girl a birthday gift, and it was just a plastic ring set. And people could tell you it's a true story. When I gave it to her, trying to think she'll like me, she, she dogged me out. Ooh. And from that point, I had a kind of distaste in my mouth for yellow bones because she was yellow. And I, I tried to feeling. get revenge, you know. I I, know it, it was crazy, man, <laughs> even to this day. Uh-huh. You know, but I tell you, uh, you know, just the thought of that. And then I think of me playing uh, two years over, over in and, Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rico, two, mm-hmm. two, three months, two and a half months, whatever time I was over there, and then with Marcus Hanks for all the years I played with the Harlem Magicians, uh, I started getting calls. Mm-hmm. I'm pregnant. I want abortion. You know, different chicks, and I didn't believe it because I'm sorry. Back in the '80s and early '90s, it was a scheme for money. Yeah, a lot of times. Oh, I've, I, I've ran to that one too. I, I hate that. <laughs> I mean, one, I, I ain't going to say no names because they might be on this air. So I ain't going to talk about that happened. But one of them was so cold-blooded, bro, they drove to me and just came for some bread. Yeah. But I couldn't give up no bread like yeah. that, man. Ooh, I, listen, I understand. Lord, say, be a steward of your money, baby. I had a girl actually one day uh, tell me that she was pregnant, and I was like, mm. Mm. She didn't know that my cousin was just with her the day before. Oh. And so, uh, or the day before she called. So I was like, mm. And so I was just like, nah, I don't believe you. All right, let's go. Yeah. You know, let's go down there. Well, she was like, no, I need you to give me the money. I was like, nah, let's go. Let's go. I'll pay for it. But let's go down there. She was like, no, if you don't want to give me the money, I was like, well, I, I can't help you. You know what I mean? I can't What give is your no taste cash. for that? You know, do, how do you feel? Can I ask you that sure. question? Because when I played ball, mm-hmm. And I leave and go on the road uh, uh, to play, you know, either on the East Coast or wherever I would leave to. Every time I came home, the woman I was dating was with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Boy, you know, that. Yeah. See, this is the difference, though. See, you grew up in a different era. Right. Um, the era that I grew the well, see, in the era that I grew up in, I grew up in the 90s. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. I was born in 81, but the 90s was when it was happening for me. Yeah. And so in the 90s, in we the had ni- oh, we had people 90s. like Snoop Dogg where right. he, you know, they had whole songs like yeah. it ain't no fun if the yeah. homies can't yeah. get a taste of it because, you know, I don't love it. Yeah. Woo! And that's how we. So to us, having a girl that would uh, be with multiple people. Right. That was a testament to how good we were. Yeah. How um, tough you had. Yeah. So speech. it was like so for us, like we had a rule. And I, I, I still hate that I used to do this, <laughs> but I, you know, I had some youngsters that was, you know, that was, I would say following me, um, you know, cause I've always been somewhat of a leader, but you know, I would say to them, I would say, listen, you know, just so you understand how this works, 
if we get into a situation to where, you know, somebody I'm dating wants to have sex with you, you got one chance to tell me. And it better be you that tells me. Because if I find out, it's going to be a problem. Now, if you tell me man to man, you save me some time and energy. Right, right. But if I find out that you did, then we got an issue. So what I would used to do is I would say to my friends, I'd be like, hey, L, your girl trying to holler at me. And then you have that moment to tell me to say, nah, man, don't do that. I love her. Okay, cool. And I'm going to step off. But if you say, man, please, you can't have my girl. I'm going to say, you sure? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. Maybe it was maybe and because I was out of town. They didn't try to hook up. See, with your me your, your friends was doing it sly. That's yeah. that's that's not that's not that's not cool. Yeah. And so I I've run up on dudes. I mean, I'm talking about dudes that that you know I probably should have been afraid of. And I would run up on them and say, Hey, listen here, I'm gonna tell you because I know what you're doing. I'm not tripping. If I find out that you did, I'm gonna be. You got one chance to tell me. If you ever get with my girl, just tell me. Look I like, can move on. It be look like salt be poured though. <laughs> the girl knows how you know this. How you know that? Please, so, man, I don't. So, uh, I don't stress it. I mean, but that was because of the OGs that I had. Right. Like I'm gonna tell you, like, like the the guys that I was under, like my big brothers, like they would do silly stuff. Like got, girls would be thinking they playing them, yeah. and then so like one would be in the closet. And then so as they get finished, the next guy would come out and kind of tap in. Yeah. And then the first dude would be watching yeah, TV. Yeah, and then that. she figure out, oh, snaps, y'all done switched up on me. Yeah. Like that kind, like yeah, they, they yeah. just didn't care. Yeah. And so I thought that that was an admirable thing to do. Uh, so that's the difference between the eras. Like, but friends that no, do we that did, backstabbing. We did, a couple of, we did that a few times. But when you, college. but if I'm gone out of town and I come yeah. home and you yeah, don't, yeah. yeah, yeah, we got an issue. That happened. That happened. Yeah, we a got issues. Times I had a partner, you know, I, I no, because I can't. Say <laughs> but, but you know, I, I go off when I went off out of college. My the one that was pregnant by me, the one with all the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave my partner. In, Oklahoma City. I came out of Central State. Mm-hmm. His name was Victor. I don't even mind saying it because yeah. he was wrong. <laughs> I gave him a crib. Yeah. Before I left, I gave him the crib, a house, a uh, pit group, furniture, everything. Because I jumped up when the agent called me. I jumped up and left town. Mm-hmm. And I left the state. And uh, he still ended up with my girl, too. Yeah. He, he ended up with old girl. Yeah, I, that's, you know, that's when, just I, when I came back, I, I couldn't even think about getting back with old girl now. Yeah, it's a wrap. You, know, you broke the game. Well, it's 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 different because she's broke trust. Yeah. When you break trust, that's different. Oh yeah. But if you tell me up front, I mean, and I've 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 had some people lie to me and say they didn't care about the girl. Yeah. And then after they found out I wasn't kidding, then they was like, Oh dang, they was in their feelings. But I mean, to me, I like, listen, you saved me a lot of money because I would have gave a girl the world, but now I know better. See, that's my problem because I am nice. Yeah. When uh, when I quit the game and first time I gave myself back to the Lord in 1992 uh, after going through some legal stuff, mm-hmm. uh, 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 it was a saying out in the, in the community that Larry loved the kids. Mm-hmm. See, you got to understand, I've been – Working in the community for 37 years, mm-hmm. running basketball camps, uh, male rap. I started out uh, uh, mentoring kids, working at Brookhaven Hospital and all this stuff in uh, 92. And I taught in Monroe mm-hmm. in 91. So started out way long time ago. 
I wouldn't let a kid go hungry way back then. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working with kids, you know, I see the need. I mm-hmm. help them. Kid come say my lights is off. You know, back then light bill ain't number fifty nine, sixty dollars. You know, to them it might be a lot of money, mm-hmm. but I got money. I ain't, don't get me wrong. I ain't saying I got big bank, but I had boom. Yeah. And get the lights cut off. Yeah. And then it started being a used time then because more people's coming at me. And now I don't know am I helping you or am I just paying a bill for your mother? And she got a couple of boyfriends and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And I'm not trying to hit it. I'm trying to make sure that kid have lights on. Yeah. You know, I'm not asking mother for nothing. I'm doing this because of the kid. Yeah. And it's going to school, no water, and can't wash his butt and stuff like that. Yeah. Until, you know, it got what people was taking advantage of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to start picking that out. And I was getting strong with God and let God kind of t- help me get through that. So how did you how did you make the transition and what did it look like after? Because you're still very heavily involved with the kids. Yeah. I mean, even outside, because a lot of people don't understand the 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 idea of helping uh, when you don't have to. You know what I mean? Like when you when you're helping the community, it's never been because you worked at a place. It's because that's what you were doing. And somebody there was like, hey, how about you work for you? You know, know that was so crazy in my whole all the way up to now. You know, my wife died. uh, She had a stroke five years ago yesterday Mm -hmm. and she died the next day. Her name was Pamela. And we was together 23 years. Uh, she said the same thing my mother said. Our condolences, by yeah. the way. She said the same thing my mother said. And my mother used to always say, you know, I give too much is the way they looked at it. Mm-hmm. But see where I'm at now. But see, back then you couldn't see it, me here and now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those programs that I ran in the 80s and 90s came out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. came from uh, Dick uh, Scott, uh, who ran Jiffy Lube, came from Henry Primo, came from uh, Ruth Kaiser Nelson, uh, Bahim Services. All these people was there for me, mm-hmm. just on a whim. Wow. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Dick Scott from Jiffy Lube, he was outstanding. Yeah. He would buy my trophies and T-shirts for the kids. Because if you look back, and it's so amazing, when I look back, man, I probably ran at least three basketball clinic camps or something every year or leagues for the last thirty something years. Wow. I'm serious and I can I didn't do the pictures to brag on them, but mm-hmm. I got so many photo albums. Yeah. You know, and the young men and I look back now, three different generations. Yeah, that's impact. You know? I mean, you have people now where you get to see their kids at the Dream Center. Where you help the dad, yeah, or you yeah, help boy, the mom, man, you know, and the you, grandma, you know, you know what I mean? I'm, a, you know, I'm a wuss. Yeah, you have seen the tears come out my eyes when man came up here. Uh, he works uh, for the city now, and he came up and he had his kids with him, and he's about in his thirties, and he told his kids, "As, as you, if that man ever say son, uh, come tell me you did son, I'm gonna get you, cause that man raised me," mm. and I'm like, whoa. And they say thank you, and they tell you thank you because the difference you made in their life. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess it comes at the right time. It's the Lord sending somebody to tell you to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, because I got two college degrees. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't long ago I was working at Jiffy Lube because mm-hmm. I had a car payment. I had a truck payment. 
You know, I, I worked at Jiffy Lube. I mopped floors. I scraped buildings. I did everything else to do. Because once I got away from the street game, dope game, whatever, and I, and I had to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's another whole story within itself. Because when I started this in 37 years ago, I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. When I started this, I was saying, okay, I'm doing good here. But then I go to club and want them four legs. <laughs> I'm doing good here. I go to club and yeah. I'm trying to hit this, that, and the other. And it was just crazy. Until God changed all that. That is awesome. Well, yeah, man. Um, man, I'm super excited about this. This is uh this is a compelling story just because, you know, a lot of people mistake proximity for lack of power right and so what they don't understand is is like people see you all the time you know what i mean people are around you all the time people talk to you and they oh i know big larry but it's like they don't really understand the impact that you have you know what i mean it's like it's like with you uh you know, PT, like it, 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 like people just don't realize, like if this was a, if you were a, if you were a corporation, right? right. If Larry Harris was a corporation, right. the impact that you would have would be that of a, like a YMCA or multiple dream centers together. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Because the, 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 the long-term effect is what people don't see because what they also don't understand when they hear you say, Oh, I had a truck payment. I was working at the Jiffy Lube. What they don't know is you still were buying people's food. (laughs) You still still got kids uh, that are coming to you asking for things and you buying them clothes, getting them shirts, getting them food, making sure that they have open gym where you working, you know, two jobs and you still coming home late and still having to be there for your wife who wants to, you see what I'm saying? Like nobody sees that. They got to do her feet once a month, not every week. That was my, that was my onion and potatoes day. Yeah. You know, when I did, when I took care of my wife's feet, she used to cook me the old onions and potatoes, Mm. chicken fried steak, Mm. macaroni cheese. She said, I'm going to let you eat unhealthy because, you know, she don't like giving me macaroni and cheese and potatoes at the same time. Yeah, so yeah. That was my that was my bus there. Yeah. That was the way you can make it happen. Yeah. yeah, and I understand it. So what do you say to the young men? Um, and we'll, 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 we'll do it twofold. One, I would say for the, for the young ladies that are out there um, that are having children, um, by individuals that that represented the the way that we used to live, what would be some advice that you would give to those young ladies about how to protect themselves from a predator like we were? First, I would say love yourself. Mm-hmm. It is such right now, my heart yearn for the young ladies. For a fact, I'm in a in an effort now to uh, get some young ladies that's in their thirties and older. And just walking the walk, not the talk, the walk. See, everybody could talk. But who, you know, if you had to take a piss test, you know it's clean. You know, if you you're, you ain't finna do nothing dumb and be on the front page of the news, mm-hmm. you know. I need those ladies to come to these young girls. Because right now, because of social media, sex sell, which it's been doing for years. Mm-hmm. But the dress code and what they would do for it now. It's gone. Yeah. And it hurts. Yeah. And what I've seen here just over this last seven, eight years, 
it hurts to the core yeah. because they don't realize their worth. Mm-hmm. And I would say to any young lady right now, to any woman right now, realize your worth. Realize your self-worth. Realize who you are and, and who you are, especially in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because everything will come in due time. You're not missing nothing. Yeah. You know. And that's 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 sage advice. I love that. Yeah. So now talking to the young men that are out there, um, you know, young and ambitious, um, possibly even, you know, in that mindset of, you know, I'm just now coming into my own, you know, I, I, I was picked on or I was always the runt. And now I, I now I matter. You know, these girls, they 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 giving me some validation. They giving me, um, you know, exactly what I was looking for. I wanted a girl and now I got them. But you know, I'm I'm picky, and so they they go through. How what is the mindset that you can give to that young man or that young uh, individual that's out there that's trying to relive his glory days yeah. well, through sex? See, we we um, that's one of the subjects that we talk on to a hundred black men of mm-hmm. America Tulsa chapter. That's in the curriculum that we write up, uh, sex education, mm-hmm. and and a man's worth also. Because you out there putting your sperm everywhere, creating all these kids. Somebody got to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to take care of them. And you ain't going to want every man raising your child. Mm-hmm. So you need to step up and be a man. And I tell kids to see a man, you got to be a man, you got to see a man. Mm-hmm. If you never seen how a man uh, provide and pay bills and work, it's hard for you to do it. It's not impossible because a, a strong woman could do it. I see my mother sit at the table uh, when she got paid, and her check wouldn't be, uh, be about $200 yeah. back in the day. Yeah. But light water and gas went first. All the, <laughs> all the main stuff went first. And then any amenity came along later. Uh, you know, we didn't. We had a uh, water cooler. You know, the water water cooler. Yeah, I yeah, do. We didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, we was, still got them in no water. You know, hey, what I mean? hey, it was a luxury to have. Still got to have, uh, 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 have a phone. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. These kids don't. They these kids. I'm sorry. This is a microwave generation. Absolutely. This is is give me now. I do now. I want now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I try to tell young kids today. You know. Do what you got to do now mm-hmm. so you can do what you want to do later. That's it. Yeah. I love it. So as you're out here in the community, is there anything in particular that you need or want uh, that would be able to help you in your process to be able to uh, be present with the kids? If I had my way right now while I'm out here, if we can, if I can, oof, it's so much. But right now, if you're listening and you want to donate, I would like to see you donate either to the Tulsa Dream Center Athletic Department so we can continue mm-hmm. running free athletics. We do not charge kids for athletic events in at the Dream Center. And just to uh, give them an idea, we just got out of a meeting. Yeah. Will you tell them, will you tell them about the visitor in the oh, meeting? Oh, man, Donald Driver, 14 years Oh, for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> winner. You know, uh, uh, he's, he was outstanding. Children's book author. Ch- you four, know. Four books, children's books. Got his memoirs. One bestseller. You know, yeah. Memoirs. He, he's, uh, 
He's inspiration coming out of Houston, Fifth Ward, you know, one of 17 kids, you know, uh, uh, college graduate, all the, you know. Uh, uh, it's just, you know, it's just inspirational. I tell them over and over, if I could talk to some kids now, mm-hmm. my young kids, or anybody that want to give back, I would like to see them come to Tulsa Dream Center, volunteer. I need coaches. I need line judges. I need volunteers in concession, door. I need all that. And if you want to volunteer monetarily, uh, you can do that at uh, either Tulsa Dream Center. Like I said, a 100 black men of Tulsa, you know, we say we got 100 is what it's called, and <laughs> I get laughed at a lot. We got more like 43 uh, uh, men that volunteer and donate their time. You know, we're not a paid organization. Mm-hmm. So when we go in these nine schools that we go into all around, we don't get paid for that. Wow. But uh, we do go into nine different schools, mentoring one hour a day, once a week, four times a month. Uh, we go, we have everything from a month of hygiene, where we teach the kids all about hygiene, to a month of uh, 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 financial literacy, a uh, month of car care, Black History Month, uh, uh, Latinos, we deal with the uh their history also. So mm-hmm. we got a little bit of everything going on, man. Wow. Well, say, hey, like I said, you hear it first. Uh, Larry's got some big things going on. And so, man, thank you so much for uh, so coming and talking. Um, but I did want to touch on one subject um, because there's something that you do uh, having your ear to the, to the streets as much as you do. Some of the things that you do see uh, because of these kids that are not having someone in their lives or not um, not having a father or somebody that's going to be there uh, consistently because you can't be in all places at right, once. Right. Um, you see the suicides, and you also get the chance to see those kids that have all the potential in the world, right. but you see them trick it off yeah. over nonsense. What what are some of the things that uh, we as parents and, and people uh, can really just be looking for in those young people to let us know that, you know, we need to be cautious. Their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. We got to really, you know, I don't hear the word I love you enough to to our young kids as we used to. Mm-hmm. I don't hear the word you did a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to assure these kids all you can do is the best you can do. And when you feel you've done your best, then, you know, the rest is gone. Mm-hmm. That's what we tell kids in the sports. When I, when I'm uh, running these co- sports programs, mm-hmm. basketball, football, baseball, soccer, I tell them leave it on the floor. Mm-hmm. When you give 110 percent while you're out there, you can come back and let a few tears out because that's what winners do. Yeah. You're mad you lost, yeah. but you cannot come back and be upset with no one if you did your best. And we got to see that in our kids. Yeah. And we got to allow them to dream. Mm-hmm. See, I don't kill the kids' dream. Yeah. Uh, I tell them about a backup plan. But if you want to go to the league, I'm going to tell you these are some things you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, even if you got a, you got Google now, you can Google up a workout. But you can't tell me you want to go pro in basketball, but you can't shoot with the left hand and you're a junior in high school. Mm. Because you can't tell me you want to go pro in basketball and you cannot graduate from high school when you know you got to go off to college. Mm-hmm. So I, I tell any young kid, you know, follow your dream. 
yeah. and believe in yourself. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get discouraged. Yeah. Social media is hurting us more than it's helping us. We've, we found out the endorphins that's in your brain is affected more by just the thought of, of a social media post. Oh, yeah. A negative post can bring you down like that. Yeah. yeah. And you can get addicted to the likes. Yeah. Oh. They show likes. that you can get really yeah. addicted. Yeah. To that feeling. Yeah, and you would do anything for it. Do anything I'm for it. I'm seeing young ladies, you know, and that's hurting me bad, too, because what our young ladies are doing now. You know, they got all this stuff on social media. I'm seeing young ladies uh, uh, posing nude and everything else mm-hmm. just to get a like from a dude, liking her bodybuilding, this, that, and other. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. when you start caring about that much of what people say about you, it kind of could hurt you more than it could help you. Because all you folks to worry about is what the Lord thinks, and then everything else is based off of that. Yeah, it's my upbringing. Yeah, but you know it, it's it's a little harder because in the schools they don't necessarily have the ability, and I don't put it off on the teachers like they're not doing it so much as like they're overwhelmed. You know, everyone is overwhelmed uh, with all the things that are going on. Uh oh, it looks like you got something got, to say. Go I ahead. Got, I got so many uh, texts. Emails over the last two years because of COVID. Oh, okay. COVID showed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. COVID showed what's going on in a lot of households. And I hate to say that, but the parents are used to their kids going off to schools. And when the kid don't go off to schools and they at home, oh, this is what mama's doing while I'm in school. This is what daddy's doing. This is what mama boyfriend's doing. This is mm. what whoever in the house is doing. And they're not always positive. Mm. You know, and that hit home uh, this last two years. That's why we teamed up with the Tulsa Dream Center and a uh, uh, hundred black men. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, was the other one? It was another group that teamed up with us, and we did the Chromebooks mm-hmm. at the uh, Dream Center, where we had Miss Lucia Blaylock come out and monitor everybody on their Chromebooks to make sure everybody was caught up. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted them out the house, mm. um, and they lost social skills. Oh yeah, they lost a lot of social skills. Absolutely, being locked up in the house and not being able to touch or play. When they came back, they were so aggressive. So many kids was hurting each other. They was end up fighting all the time. Man, that's wild. Well, before we jump into the private fatherhood group, is there anything uh, that you want to leave the people with? Uh, any thoughts? Any? Uh, emotions or last li- uh, last bits of advice. I just want to say thank you for the great job you're doing in Birthright. You know, you're touching and changing a lot of lives. You're teaching young men how to love each other and to love themselves mm-hmm. and to be a better person. So I just want to thank you for what you're doing and tell you keep up your good work. And for any young man out there that's going through, uh, if you any man, peer, anybody, if you got thoughts of suicide, of uh, 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 not being loved, please reach out. Mm-hmm. Reach out to your pastor. Reach out to the Tulsa Dream Center. Reach out to 100 black men. There's people out there that's there to tell you that we love you. Mm-hmm. All right? That ain't paid to tell you that. They just, paid. Do it. Boy, they just do it because they love you. Man, you ought to see that part. That's the part I love because I'm able to tell a kid easy. I don't get paid for being here. Yeah. 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 
Well, hey, man, thank you guys so much. And thank you, Mr. Larry, uh, for showing us what it looks like to uh, to be a true father to the fatherless. And we just appreciate your story, man. Uh, I know there's so much more that we could have packed in uh, to that 45 minutes of glory. But we're going to jump into the father, uh, the private fatherhood group so we can kind of dig in deeper a little bit. Birthright Living Legacy needs your help. As we are on a mission to help fathers who are needing to overcome obstacles to see their children. We are preparing to provide curriculum, counseling, and family law assistance for any of our fathers. We will also have many fun events to participate in with their children as we build a fatherhood community. Partner with us on Facebook or Instagram and go to our website at brlivinglegacy.com and go to our donation tab on the bottom of the page to make a contribution. For any questions, contact us on any of our platforms as we would love to help. Birthright Living Legacy, changing lives one father at a time.